I'm David Herobedian, my wife Joanna, and Virtual Church Media. Tonight, we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and I hope it's about to be near and dear to yours, as God begins to give forth a revelation of angels among us. Angels among us. This is a wonderful study, and as God always confirms His word with signs, and wonders following, prepare to receive the ministry of angels in your life, in the life of your loved ones, in the life of your family and friends, the life of your ministry, the life-giving angels of heaven are about to increase in and around you, and you're going to begin to recognize and experience the ministry of angels that God sends to you. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they, angels, not all ministering spirits set forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Angels are here to minister to you, to serve you at the directive of the Lord, to enable you to make it through life, to enable you not just to barely get by but to have angelic assistance there was uh, a movie one time it was uh, about basketball it was about the sixth man on the court if you're five on five you're guarded and you have to break away but what happens if you have a sixth man on the court on one team there's always somebody that's open there's always somebody to pick for you there's always somebody to pass you the ball you could pass it to they could pass it back what if you could have the ministry of angels? It would be an unfair advantage. An unfair advantage. You know, favor is not fair. If favor was fair, God would never have put Jesus on the cross in your favor and mine. He was hung up for your hangups and mine, and favor is being released into your life. Just say, I receive favor from the Lord. Receive favor from the Lord. Favor ain't fair, brother. Favor, favor ain't fair, sister. But favor is your inheritance and your portion, and the ministry of angels is yours as well. Did you know that goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life as you dwell in the house of the Lord? Psalms 23 says, I believe goodness and mercy are an extension of God's character and nature and often manifest through the ministry of angels because angels are sent forth to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Psalms 91.1, for he shall give his angels, God will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Psalms 91.11, did you know that the word angel is used 199 times in the Bible? Old Testament and New. That's more than water baptism, communion, Holy Eucharist, 199 times. If God used something 199 times in the scriptures, Old and New Testament, I think it's something that we should take note of and take heed to and learn about so that we can have all the blessings of the Lord because they're all yes and amen where in Christ Jesus, in him we live and move and have our being, wouldn't you like to move and walk and talk, have that yoke of the Lord upon you and also have the adjoining ministry 
of angels. The sixth man on the court is in your behalf today. So the word angel in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word malach, malach. And malach in the Old Testament strongs Hebrew for those that like the freaking Hebrew. We'll give you some Hebrew lesson today. You give me a little Hebrew before it's over with. Uh, the original word is uh, Hebrew, Strong's Concordance number 4397, Malak. It means a messenger. It's a, na- na- it's a masculine noun, and it means a messenger or sent one. In the New Testament, the New Testament Greek word is Strong's number 32. It's angelos, and it means an angel or a messenger. It's also a masculine noun, and it means a messenger, an angel. And its usage would be a messenger, generally a supernatural messenger from God, an angel, conveying news or behests from God to men. Bearing news or behests from God and man. So that's New Testament Greek Strong's number 32, Angelos. So are you ready to get into the teaching? Angels are revealed in three primary forms in the Bible. Three primary forms in the Bible. Number one, they're supernatural beings, supernatural beings. Isaiah chapter six, verses one through four. Number two, in the likeness of men, Hebrews 13, two and Judges 13, two and verse 26. And the third way that they are revealed in scripture, and this is the common way that we experience them, but not the only way, invisible ministers where they're with us, but we don't see them. Exodus 23, 20, Verse 23, 20 to 23, and also Matthew 4, 11. So they show up in three different ways in the Bible. Supernatural beings, in the likeness of men, and invisible ministers. Supernatural being Isaiah 6, 1 through 4. There were seraphim, six-winged angels, and they cried, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So supernatural beings. Number two, in the likeness of men, uh, Samson parents saw an angel and he was in the likeness of men but they did not know it and also hebrews 13 2 beware lest you entertain angels unaware when you entertain strangers so be kind to strangers show hospitality because you never know when you might entertain an angel unaware i've had that happen on two occasions one was when i was 15 years old I was at the Wailing Wall. It's actually in my book, Jet Ride to Hell, Journey to Freedom, jetridebook.com. And in the Wailing Wall experience, I didn't know the Lord. I knew about the Lord, but I didn't have a personal relationship. Went to the Wailing Wall in Israel. My parents were there, and I kind of went off, and there was a uh, couple of rabbis that were there, and they were davening, and they were praying you know, about Hashem, Adonai Eloheinu, Melech, Le'olam. They were just praying their prayers, and they were davening. And there was this older rabbi came up, a little bit heavy set guy, and he had a gray beard. And he came up and he said to me, Are you going to put something in the wailing wall, some prayers? And I said, I don't know. And so he handed me some paper. So I wrote some things down and I wrote them in the wall. And he said, Go stick them in the wall. God will heal your prayers. So I began to stick them in the wall. And in the crevice, the crack of the wailing wall, a wind came up and like blew them right out and it wouldn't hold them. And I think, well, what's going on? He says, the devil's fighting you. He says, put them back in so God can hear your prayer. Make your your request known unto God. And so I did, and I stuck them in the wall, and I I prayed for some specific things. And 
later in life those things would come to pass. And it would be literally 40 years that God would bring those prayers to pass. And it happened at the Wailing Wall. And he said, can I, can I pray for you? And I thought, okay. So he put his hand on my head and he prayed for me. And as he got done, I felt a presence come on me in Israel at the Wailing Wall. And long story short, as I thanked him and I turned for a second and I turned and I looked back and he was gone and the other two rabbis were still there dominating away doing their religious activity. But I had an encounter with God and at that point I realized I'd entertained an angel unawares. So in Supernatural Beings, Isaiah 6, 1 through 4, in the likeness of men, Hebrews 13, 2, where Samson's parents saw an angel go up and uh, Judges 13, 2 through 26, and then also the likeness of men. Beware you, you know, be kind of strangers. You might entertain one unawares. And the second time I had an encounter with an angel, and I share this so that we have a great role model and also a horrible warning. I was incarcerated. I did, you know, 20 years in federal prison, but 15 years into my prison sentence, they gave me what's called a furlough transfer from one facility to another. So can you imagine being 15 years in prison and they give you a bus ticket and $25? The heads on the money had grown. They looked like Monopoly money. This was like 2001. And I'm like, what is this? What kind of money is this? They said, when was the last time you saw money? And I said, I don't know, 15 years ago? But they said, it's changed. I said, it looks like Monopoly money. The heads had grown real big. And so I just wanted to make sure they weren't trying to set me up. So I went out and I got on this bus and, and I was in Denver uh, on you know, they'd driven me and then they dropped me off and there was a few hours before I got on my bus. So I'm walking around and um, the Holy Spirit had prompted me and I had access to a phone for the first time in 15 years, you know, communications. And, you know, here I am with this, this little cell phone and I'm, I'm, I'm able to make calls. But the world had distracted me. And I saw a man who was homeless and he had on these gloves and the fingers <coughs> were cut out. And he had a, a countenance about him that was different than other homeless people. And he was shining and he looked at me, he had a light beard and he said, excuse me. He said, could I trouble you for some money so I could get a hotel for the night? And I looked down and I, I, had, I had money and I could have given him some and I was distracted on the phone and I kept talking and I walked a few feet and I turned around and I said, oh, I need to take care of something. I got off the phone and I looked and he was gone and there was nowhere he could have gone the way the 16th Street Mall was in Denver. And I was like, oh my gosh, I missed my day of visitation. So we can either be good role models or horrible warnings. So there's two examples that Angels showed up in the likeness of men. One was a rabbi. The other was in the appearance of a homeless person. So be kind to strangers. You never know when you might entertain angels unaware. And when you honor a stranger, the Matthew 25 principle, when I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty and you gave me drink, I was sick and in prison and you came to visit me. Lord, when did we ever do these things to you? Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Whenever you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Enter the rest of my father. You are one of my sheep. To the goats, he says, when I was 
hungry and thirsty, you gave me not food or drink. I was in prison or I was sick and you came not to visit me. When you ever, whenever you failed to do it, you did it not unto the least of these. You did it not unto me, Jesus said. And he says, you're in the goat category, go to everlasting darkness. So there's an evidence that we're in right relationship with the Lord. Because when God's love comes into us, it will flow out of us. And so if you say you love God and hate your brother, the Bible says you're a liar and the truth is not in you, not my words. But, you know, you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that God hits with that hurt that was, you know, from the Lord. And so, so ouch, ouch, yeah. Amen or ouch, hallelujah, your heretic, it's the same gospel. And so when God's love gets into us from a vertical relationship, we'll automatically begin to allow that love to ooze out of us horizontally across the earth in relationships with people. And that's where that vertical relationship with God becomes a horizontal relationship with mankind, his children. And that's where the cross shows up. So when the cross shows up, Jesus shows up, the powers show up, angels show up. So in the likeness of men and also invisible ministers, often when we pray for the sick, we'll feel the presence of an angel come in. We'll feel heat or somebody will feel an extra hand on their shoulder when we're praying for the sick. When you pray for the sick in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you obey the Lord to lay hands on the sick. You are not alone because God sends his angels to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. And who's an heir? Anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're blood-bought believers, bought with the blood of Jesus. So anyone who cries out to the name of the Lord can receive the angelic ministry because it's part of our inheritance. So don't miss your inheritance. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge, the Bible says. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And so let's not be without knowledge because the enemy's ability to keep us defeated is commensurate or equal to his ability to keep us ignorant. The enemy's ability to keep us defeated or in lack is equal to his ability to keep us ignorant. The book of Revelation says, blessed is the man who reads and understands the words of this book. So there's a blessing in reading and there's a blessing in understanding. So if you haven't ever read the book of Revelation, read it. There's a blessing to read it and there's even a greater blessing when the Holy Spirit gives you understanding of the scriptures. There's different kinds of angels. Now we just talked about three different forms of angels. One is supernatural beings in the likeness of men is number two and invisible ministers number three. But there's different types of angels. I'm going to mention and just highlight 10 of them. There's probably dozens more that I yet don't know about because God's army of angels is so vast and so deep and so wide. You know, when the angels fell from heaven in the book of Isaiah, it says this, a third of the angels fell. That means there's two thirds that have not fallen. Everybody says to me, oh, David, you know, I'm sensing evil here. I'm sensing that there's a demon here. There's a demon there. I'm like, do you ever see angels? Well, no, I never do. I said, well, that sounds to me like you don't have the gift of discerning of spirits. Sounds like you've got the gift of discerning of demons, which I don't even see as biblical because discerning of spirits is discerning or distinguishing or recognizing demonic spirits, angelic spirits, the Holy Spirits, human spirits. And when this happens, you have 
the gift of distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits. So if you're only seeing demons with your gift of discerning of spirits, I would ask you to ask the Lord. I would encourage you to say, Lord, let me see as you see. Because Elijah was with his servant Gehazi and he says, you know, Lord, let them, let him see as I see. And his eyes were open. He saw the angelic host, an army of God on the hill. And they ended up taking the, the physical army and Elijah, they were struck with blindness and he brought him in and let him go. That's the power of one man with an angelic army with the favor of God. You can have that same. Jesus could have called for 10,000 angels on the cross, but he didn't. Just one more, boom, they'd have been right there. I can just see the angels ready to come down and swoop in. But Jesus didn't make a mumbling word. He was hung up for our hangups so that we could be set free. He willingly gave his life for you and me. The devil didn't kill him. The Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't kill him. He willingly laid down his life for you and me, even as Abraham's son Isaac willingly laid down his life and God spared him with a lamb and then God spared you and me with the lamb of God who was slain from before the foundations of the world. Different kinds of angels. We're going to name 10 of them. We're going to lay a foundation. We're going to pray at the end tonight and God's going to begin to release angelic ministry to you. And then next week, we're going to talk about the four ways to begin to activate angels that are biblical ways. And a lot of times you hear teachings and they're not really anchored in scripture. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong, but I like to have things anchored to the more end of scripture so we're on solid ground. And when people have a question, you can anchor it back to scripture. So all word and no spirit causes a person to dry up. All spirit, no word causes a person to blow up and blow off. But a good measure of the word mixed with a good measure of the Holy Spirit causes a person to grow up in Christ. So let's anchor things to the mooring of Scripture. Let's encounter the move of the Holy Spirit. And let's stay anchored in the Word but fly high in the things of God. Different kinds of angels. There's ten that I'm going to talk about tonight. Messenger angels. An example of a messenger angel is Gabriel. Gabriel spoke to Mary. You will be with child. And she declared that over his life. You have warring angels like Michael, the archangels. These are archangels. Gabriel is a messenger angel. Uh, Michael is a warring angel. And Michael fought with Lucifer and a third of the angels fell. And then there's a third type of angel. There's a, a worship angel. Lucifer was a worship angel in Isaiah 14 and Isaiah 20. You see the, the tabrets of the pipes go through Lucifer. He's a worship angel. The musical instruments were in him and he misused his gift of worship to sway people and a third of the angels fell from heaven. What are people using their God-given musical talents for today? If you look at the lyrics of some of the music and you look at the body motions and movements, they're not glorifying the Lord with the gifts. It's almost like a Luciferian type thing where it's pulling people away from the glorious gospel. And it's pulling them into the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, the gold, the glory, the girls or the guys, the power, the position, the prominence. But God wants to bring us back to the center of the cross of Christ where we can see the unseen one and his holiness and his presence and his goodness and his love comes into our lives where we can introduce people to the unseen one instead of entertaining and let people see us as the one. No more unholy trinity of me, myself, and I, but rather the trinity that's holy, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
where we can release his kingdom in the earth and set the captives free with angelic assistance. So number one is a messenger angel like Gabriel. Number two, warring angels like Michael. Number three, worship angels like Lucifer. Number four, healing angels will minister. Like when we minister to the sick as I spoke, we'll experience those healing angels will show up and they'll often be invisible more than they'll be visible. But other times you'll see a glimpse of them. Sometimes you'll see an angel, like when I'm ministering and I'll be in a congregation, I will be speaking and all of a sudden I'll see an angel will be pointing to somebody's ear. And then I'll call out that word of knowledge that God is healing that left ear or that right ear, whatever they're pointing to. And instantly that ear pops open. So we learn to cooperate with angels. And as we begin to cooperate with angels, it releases angelic ministry. Just like we pray that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. When an angel is out ministering, God opens up the realm of the spirit and we see one ministering. We are not wise to continue on with our message. We're wise to stop to release angelic ministry, to cooperate with God and cooperate with the angels that he has sent. And when we cooperate with the angels that he sent, what happens is miracle signs and wonders begin to happen as his kingdom is released through the word, through the Holy Spirit, and through angelic ministry. Number one, messenger angels. Number two, warring angels. Number three, angels of worship, number four, healing angels, number five, protection angels. You might have been in a car accident and you come out with like one little scratch on your pinky and they're like, the car was completely destroyed. We have no idea how you weren't injured. You're thinking, I'm nine foot tall and bulletproof. I'm, I, I, nobody can kill me. No, that's the pride of the devil. What's happened is somebody was praying for you and your angel wrapped around you in the car accident like a mother would wrap around and protect a child that angel was assigned to protect you in response to your mother or father's prayers or somebody was praying for you and you came out with one little scratch just to remind you of how bad it could be and you had the testimony of the police officer or the highway patrolman or the paramedics and you went and looked at the car that was completely total and people are like, how did that happen? How did you not end up with a scratch? It's not that you were just lucky. It's God had mercy on you and he sent his angel Amen. of protection. Amen. Number six, that's number five. Number six is a prosperity angel. Somebody says to me, well, David, do you believe in prosperity? Well, sure, the world prospers, don't they? And they're a mere image of the real kingdom. Do you know that God will send a prosperity angel into your life in re response to tithing? in response to generous sacrificial giving, in response to praying, in response to fasting, in response to extravagant worship. And God will send an angel to cause you to prosper. And you say, well, what is prosperity? That's a great question. Prosperity shows up in a variety of forms. You could prosper in your health. You could prosper in your mind, your will, your emotions. You could prosper in your marriage. You could prosper in goods. And you could prosper in business. You could prosper in finance. You could prosper in uh, wisdom and revelation and knowledge. What is prosperity? Prosperity, in a nutshell, is having more than enough to meet your needs for your assignment in the earth. Let me repeat that. Prosperity is having more than enough to meet your needs to fulfill your God-given assignment in the earth with more left over. 
Mother Teresa had planted a thousand orphanages while she was on the earth. Millions and millions of dollars came through Mother Teresa. Yet she didn't keep any of it. She only had two dresses. So she took a, a vow to poverty yet operated in prosperity. Well, that's a contradiction of terms. How did she have a vow of poverty yet have millions of dollars come through her hands? She chose not to keep any of the money. She let it come through her, but it had to come to her first. And then she planted a thousand orphanages and her fruit remains today throughout Calcutta, India. People came out of sex trafficking and prostitution and they came out of homelessness and they came out of begging and she brought them into orphanages and raised them up and educated them with the money that was donated to her. It came through her. So she had a vow of poverty as she operated in prosperity and angels had ministered in her ministry. Other people have a gift of prosperity on them generationally, yet they don't allow it to come through them. It just comes to them. And they have a wicked perspective. They get all they can. They can all they get, and then they sit on the can. They get a Learjet or, you know, they get a Learjet, a Corvette, and a house by the lake. They live in the gated community with the concierge, and they want to control everything, and hopefully somebody will want to come visit them so they can hear the gospel. Now, the Bible says go into all the world and preach the gospel. So the people that I know that have a lot of money come to them, it comes through them, and they have an angel of prosperity that literally will, will speak to people at, at times, and an angel will appear at their bed and say, give so-and-so X amount of dollars. They need this for the ministry to go preach the gospel in India or Africa or Calcutta, I mean, wherever it may be, in Asia, or they need it for TV ministry, or they need it for a local crusade, or they need it to feed the homeless, or they need it for this or that. And an angel will appear. An angel of prosperity will speak to somebody to prosper, or they'll give you an idea of something to do. So that's provision angels that show up at the directive of the Lord. Number seven is prosperity angels. Number eight is writing angels. I've had writing angels come to me as invisible ministers. I'll be at the computer and I'll be writing. A couple of years ago, I was at a church service, and as my wife and I were there, it was during the worship time, and I was raising my hands. I remember I sat down. Everybody else was standing up. And I started to sense the presence of God. And I just sat down. And as I sat down, I saw eight chapters of a book just lined up. Boom, 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 boom. And I heard the Lord say, go write. And in an instant, I saw the entire eight chapters of a book. And it ended up being a book called Seven Different Kinds of Voices. And so I told my wife, I said, Joanna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this week. So I sat down at the computer and I ended up writing this book and it just flowed out of the typewriter but I could feel an angelic presence working with me and when I was dry I didn't have anything else that I could write all of a sudden I could feel this angelic presence and all of a sudden I was filled with the knowledge of God and the scripture just just come to mind and in five days this whole book came out it's over a hundred pages it's on Amazon seven different kinds of voices and it's blessed a lot of people, but that happened because of a revelation during worship in a church service, and the angel of writing was assigned to me. Now, the angel of writing is not always on my life. It was for that purpose and then lifted. I'm getting ready to write another book. I already have it, and I'm getting ready to sit down and type it. And when I do, it will come out just like this one. Boom, 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 because it's the Lord's idea. He sent angelic assistance, and we learned to cooperate with our God-given angels so that we can 
flow and fulfill our God-given assignment in the earth with ease. You know, you can have a sweatless anointing when you have angelic ministry. How would you like to have the sweatless anointing where instead of wringing wet after a service and wiping this and drinking pitchers of water, which there's nothing wrong with that, but what if you could just see the angels in the service and they're pointing and you're simply cooperating with the Word of God, it lines up with Scripture, cooperating with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and you're cooperating with God's angels. Outer courts, Word. Inner courts, Word in the Spirit. Holy of Holies, Word, Spirit, and His angels that come to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. Number nine is heralding angels. Heralding angels will come. I had an angel appear in a dream one night. He was heralding me. It was a, I saw this uh, announcement come out. It was on very fine white cardstock, very fine quality, and it had gold writing on it. And it said, David C. Herobedian is restored this day to the prophetic ministry. And I saw this heralding angel come through, and, shh, and I woke up, and I'm like, and I've been called a false teacher, a false prophet. I've been called every name in the book. And in that moment, God had restored me in my name against the accusations that had come against me. And one by one, people came to me and started apologizing and repenting and saying, I'm so sorry that I said this or that about you. I was so wrong. The Holy Spirit convicted me. Would you please pray over me? I know you have a prophetic word. So I went from false prophet to restored in the prophetic with a heralding angel in a dream. Number 10, angels of new ideas and witty inventions. You can get a witty invention or a new idea, an angel will come and bring it to you. And what will happen is you'll be praying and all of a sudden, boom, you get in a dream and a vision of the night when deep sleep falls on men as they slumber in their bed. As they op He'll open your ears, seal the instructions, angels will speak to you, or an angel will come and, and give you an idea. Then it's your job to take what you've conceived in the idea and then take it through the maturation or growth process and then birth that thing into the earth and ask the Lord to show you how to make the... Uh, proof of concept or get together with the right group of people or the person to bring it to fruition then you have to pray that god will protect that idea from getting hijacked or stolen so you don't lose your intellectual property rights or somebody that's well-meaning might talk you out of the idea or you might say well i'll get back to that i'm busy right now two years later somebody comes out with the idea and you're like i thought of that first an angel gave it to you but god wanted it in the earth and because you didn't properly steward that thing. God gave it to somebody else. Amos 3, 7, Surely the Lord God will do nothing in the earth without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. So God gives an idea to his servants, the prophets, and if we won't uh, bring that thing to fruition, if we won't carry that thing to full term, from once we conceive, we bring it through the maturation or growth process, and then we birth it into the earth, God will give it to a non-believer because he wants to bring it into the earth. You look at some of the great technologies in the earth, they're from non-believers. I believe God gave them to believers. But we were so maybe busy, you know, having a revival in a cup, drinking coffee with our friends and talking about, you know, some, some doctrinal issue of whether or not, you know, Adam had a belly button being the first man, you know, something real serious about that, that God had to give a, the idea to a non-believer. Now we've got to go win the non-believer to Christ so the money of the wicked is stored up for the righteous can switch kingdoms without the person switching bank accounts. And now that technology can be used for the kingdom. So ask the Lord to give you an idea, a new idea, a witty invention, or a book to write, and then step out and do it. Be like Peter, who when the Holy Spirit, Jesus bid him to come, 
he stepped out of the boat and he began to walk on water. What do you got to lose? Jesus is there to pick you up. If you missed it, he'll redeem it. If you didn't miss it, redemption will come to others through it. So there's the 10 types of angels. Now, as we're going to begin to close out, we're going to talk about this. The neglected ministry of angels is one of the missing links to walking in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. The neglected ministry of angels is one of the missing links. Fasting is another one. Praying in the Spirit is another one. But the neglected ministry of angels, fellowship with believers, giving is one of the missing links. Praying without ceasing is another one. Worship is another. But the neglected ministry of angels is one of the missing links to walking in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. One day the Lord spoke to me about fasting. I heard the word of the Lord. He said, David, fasting is not required for your salvation. I thought, well, I've done a lot of fasting. It's not even required. And he said, it is given unto you as a gift that you might access all the benefits of Christ. So it's not required for salvation. Salvation is a free gift. But if you want to begin to access the fullness of the blessing of Christ, you'll have to read the word. You'll have to spend time in fasting. You have to spend time in prayer. You have to spend time in fellowship. You have to spend time in giving. You have to spend time in walking in holiness. And you'll have to spend time studying the word and not neglect the ministry of angels. So Hebrews chapter 1 verse 13 reads on and verse chapter 2 verse 3 says this. I'm, I'm tying two verses together. You can read it in context. But it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Don't neglect the ministry of angels. Ask the Lord about it. He'll reveal it. Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. There's three areas of angelic ministry, and we're going to close out. Angels minister to us, Matthew 4, 11, and then the devil left Jesus for a season. Let me administer to us, for us, and with us. To us, Matthew 4, 11, for us, Hebrews 1, 14, and with us, Revelation 19, 10. Angels minister to us. Then the devil left Jesus, and the angels came and attended him, Matthew 4, 11. When you've been under a demonic onslaught and attack, after it's over, God will send angels to restore you and to minister to you. And you need angelic ministry if you've had demonic attack. When a demon comes in to attack you, I'm not talking about you got sick or you were on a bicycle and you didn't, you didn't ride right or you, made, you got drunk and you fell down. That's, that's not a demonic attack. You did that one to yourself. But I'm talking about when you're attacked for righteousness sake and you come under demonic attack. Jesus was without sin, yet the enemy came and tempted him, and it was fierce, three temptations. After the enemy left him for a season, for a more opportune time, then angels came in a minute. You might think to yourself, I'm under demonic attack, where are the angels? You haven't passed the test yet. The angels are coming, just get through the test. Ask the Lord to strengthen you. Do you know that the strength to overcome temptation comes before the temptation? With the temptation, he always makes a way of escape that you might be able to bear up underneath it. Did you know that if you play with that temptation and you ignore the strength to repel it and to resist it, it's a slippery slope and you can't pull out until you've fallen. But if you call upon him in the middle, he'll command his angels regarding you to pick you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. 
So angels will only do for what you what you cannot do. Wait a second, what do you mean? Angels will only do for you what you cannot do for yourself. They will not do your praying for you. Amen. Angels will not do repenting for you. Amen. They won't do your preaching for you. Amen. I was on a plane and I was in federal prison. I was flying the indicted guys on Con Airways, flying the indicted guys where you got to be indicted to be invited. And they literally gave me this little cup of juice and I'm handcuffed and this and that. And we're going to be on the plane 13 hours and we're going to close out. But here's what happened. I'm drinking this juice and, you know, it's like fruit, high fructose corn syrup. There's like eight ounces and they gave me a bologna sandwich with a piece of cheese and looked like some rainbow bologna with the multicolored and the white bread. And, but I was hungry in 13 hours and my teeth started to get dirty and I could just feel that, 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 that uncomfortable feeling. I'm thinking I'm going to be another 10 hours going from here to there. And the thought came to me, God... Would you brush my teeth? And I, I just thought, that's a crazy prayer. And I said, yeah, I'm asking you to brush my teeth. And what came next was like these scrubbing bubbles came into one side of my teeth that went down one side, down the other, and here, and up. And I was like giggling. Now here I am, prison, <laughs> handcuffs, shackles, you know, the platinum jewelry on U.S. Marshals, coffee, tea, or shotgun, you know, that wonderful, heartwarming experience. And, and, and the other convicts around me are like, what is he giggling about? You know, maybe he's on meds or something. I was on Holy Ghost meds. I had the joy of the Lord. I just had my teeth brushed by the Holy Spirit or by an angel. I don't know what it was. And I couldn't do it for myself. I was handcuffed. He'll do for you what you can't do for yourself, but if you can do it for yourself, you'll go brush your own. So what happened was my teeth were like they'd been cleaned like with a dentist. It was amazing. So that night I ended up landing in, in, in Phoenix or whatever, and so they took the cuffs off and this and that, and there was this line of guys trying to get into the bathroom. And they've got these little bitty toothbrushes in federal prison. They're about this big. They cut them in half so you can't like make them into weapons. So when you brush your teeth, it's like you're like, running your thumb into your mouth and you're like beating yourself up trying to brush your teeth. So it's not a fun time and they give you this little bitty, you know, toothpaste that I don't know what they make it out of, but it's like sandpaper with, you know, cream or something. It's terrible. And so your, your tax dollars hard at work. And so I said, there's a line of people. I've got my cot to sleep on. I know I'm going to be flying the indicted guys in the morning to get to my destination. And I said, Lord, would you brush my teeth again? <laughs> And he said, get up and brush your own teeth. <laughs> and I mean, I was like offended. We had just built this toothbrushing relationship. And as quick as it came, it was gone. But then he showed me that he'll do for us what we cannot do. But what he's giving you the ability to do, you're called to do it yourself. So angels will only do for you what you cannot do. So don't expect them to do stuff. They're not your concierge service. They're your fellow servants to accomplish the thing. Number two, they minister. So they minister to us, they minister for us. Are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Angels often minister for us. The Bible says angels are acted by the voice of God's word, Psalms 103.20, and the prayers of God's saints. And number three, they minister with us. At this I fell at his feet to worship the angel, but he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit 
of prophecy, Revelation 19.10. We don't worship angels, but we do cooperate with God's angels. We call it spiritual teamwork. Don't let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he's seen and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions, Colossians 2.18. Let's begin to cooperate with God's angels. Let's not neglect the ministry of angels. Let's access all the benefits of God in Christ Jesus because we can cooperate with the Word, the Holy Spirit, and with angels. And it'll line up with Scripture. It will be a witness by the Holy Spirit and God will do great and mighty works as He confirms His Word and releases heaven to earth through you, through the Word you preach, the Holy Spirit's power, and angelic ministry. Next week we'll be on part two, which is activating angels. And you're going to learn how to do that biblically because God already wants you to do it. You're not controlling angels. You're putting them in the employment field because a lot of angels right now are unemployed because they're activated by the Word. They're activated by worship. They're activated by prayer. They're activated by sacrificial giving. And God's the one that activates them. But we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He opens our mouth. He, and he, we open our mouth. He fills that we speak the words. And He confirms the word that we've spoken in alignment with Him. With the release of signs and wonders and angelic ministry. Let's pray. Say, Lord, I want angelic ministry. I need it. I need it. I need everything that you have for me. I want all the blessings of God in Christ Jesus. Show me how to recognize the neglected ministry of angels that I might obtain all the blessings of God in Christ Jesus so I might fulfill my God-given assignment in the earth with more than enough and extra as an overflow that you might be glorified and others might know you as Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let me just declare one thing. I release in the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit the ministry of angels into your life right now. I thank you, Father God, for sending the angels to shift and to clean the armor up that's been tattered to repair it, to restore it, to bring new pieces. I thank you, Father God, that those that have been through a demonic onslaught of the enemy, I thank you now you've released the ministry of angels to put them back together, put them back as the head and not the tail. I thank you for releasing writing angels, heralding angels, worship angels, ministry angels, healing angels, messenger angels, Father. I thank you for releasing angels of new ideas and witty inventions, writing angels and prosperity angels to fulfill the purposes of heaven in the earth that others might know you and the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen